Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. That is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, hello, good afternoon, welcome to a grim, grey, cold and damp South Bermondsey, the den specifically, and my name, as you all know, is Nick Hart, and this is Achtung Millwall, which purports to be the number one Mill podcast. I think it still is. Welcome to the den today, listeners, for the visit of Port Vale. About five minutes before kick-off, the den is sparse, sparse, after last Thursday night's debacle at home in the Johnstone's Paint Trophy to Oxford United. Who can blame the Stay Away Lions fans on the unearthly uh, Sunday afternoon that finds us here in South Bermondsey watching football? As I drove over, I was playing, as a kind of a tribute to David Bowie, who of course passed away this week, I was playing his 1976 Meisterwerk low. And quite aptly, as I pulled up in in, uh, in Bermondsey, in my parking space where I normally go, the very drab track Voschava was playing. Anyone who knows the album knows what that's all about. But it seemed quite apt for the rather stern atmosphere that we find ourselves in today. As you can hear, the teams are coming out. Um, I'm going to guess at the moment a 5,000 crowd. You might think I'm exaggerating, but it looks that way to me. Today's team news, as a consequence of that defeat, sees Jordan Archer return in the goalkeeping position. Uh, David Ford being dropped to the bench after his two errors. And it's got to be said, two errors that cost us the two goals that put us so far behind in that tie. Probably going to uh, mean we don't go to Wembley because of those errors. So Jordan Archer starts today in goal. Back line's going to be Sean Cummings, Byron Webster, Mark Beavers and Shane Ferguson in left-back position. Ahead of them is Jed Wallace, Jimmy Abdu, Sean Williams, Aidan O'Brien on the wing, Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison starting up front. Um, as many would say in the uh, existential crisis that followed on the internet message balls after that defeat on last Thursday, that Sean Williams and arguably Lee Gregory are lucky to hold their places in the starting eleven. I would say that as well because Sean Williams looked well off the pace to me. Slow, heavy-footed and... Dreary of thoughts, dreary of thoughts. So lucky to start Sean Williams. He must have some kind of um, 
compromising information over Neil Harris to earn his starting place today. That's all I can think of. Lee Gregory missed a whole what, a series of chances in that second half, didn't he, against Oxford. So on the bench today, David Fall dropped. Sid Nelson, Ben Thompson, Joe Martin, Ed Upson, Fred Onyedinma and the ghostly figure of John Marquis. Achtung, Mehlball. Very flat atmosphere. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. For listeners, you can hear it all around a very empty stadium. I'd say, I'm going to guess at 5,000. We'll probably see what... Um, the, the real figure is later. They normally count in um, the season ticket. Obviously, don't show. People who may have died some years ago seem to get counted. All sorts of things. But I'm going to guess a, a real figure, an actual turnout figure of something in the five to 6,000 region. And away we go. Lions are attacking the away end as per normal, defending the cold blow lane into the first half. Long ball forwards there to Lee Gregory. It's Jimmy Abdu. Mill straight onto the attack from kickoff. Ball into the box is cleared. It falls to Williams. There's a hint of a boo I heard there. I don't know. That's going to be destructive if that's how the crowd turn out. But who can blame them? These people that show up week in, week out are a reducing band, but they are entitled to their say-so. So I won't knock them for booing them, but it is destructive if that's what it goes down. If that's the road we go down with Sean Williams today. It's Jed Wallace coming down the left. Fast attacking winger. Ball into the box. is gone off for a corner. Inside the first minute, one minute turning now. Foot mill corner, early doors. Shane Ferguson, not Jed Wallace. I'll correct my previous piece of commentary. Shane Ferguson's going to take the ball now, and he crosses it deep. Balls into the mix, bouncing around. This is o- O'Brien. Ball cleared. Had a faintly surprised tone to my voice then when I said O'Brien. I should have said, this is O'Brien. The thrill of excitement in my voice, but I didn't. I said, oh, O'Brien. Make of that what you will, listeners. It's cold and it's damp. No weather for old men. Nose dribbling weather, listeners. That's what it is. Nose dribbling weather. One thing that did stand out for me on Thursday night, as I'm sure it did you, watching it at the den in the freezing cold or in the warm in the, on the telly, as I did, um, was the rather leaden, the rather one-dimensional play that we did. This long ball style, lumping it forward to 
Steve Morrison. Um, if we go a goal behind, it becomes so predictable that um, it's, it, you know, it goes beyond words slightly. Oxford, of course, moved the ball quite nicely down the wings, something we didn't do all evening. And they looked by far the better side for me. They, they, they rather contained us. And although we created chances by this Route 1 method, they weren't taken. So if you are going to go long, you are going to go uh, punting it forwards, you at least got to take your chances, which didn't happen. It's a very disappointing performance. And the, there's, a, there's a kind of a, a pool hanging over the den at the moment. A P-A-L-L pool, not a pool, P-O-L-O-L. A P-A-L-L, a pool hanging over the den. I might look that up later to make sure that I've said that word correctly. And used it in context. A great believer in using your words in context, listeners. Here's Wallace coming down the right side. Nice little back heel, one, two, ball into the box. Oh, it's inches wide from Steve Morrison. Nice move, cut through the Paul Val defence there on four minutes. Ball put inches wide from close range from a nice little cutback from the byline. First chance from Millwall in the game, listeners, but once more not taken. Paul Vale on the attack here, listeners. Ball bouncing around the middle penalty area and headed away by Mark Beavers. Space for the 17 on just outside middle penalty, plays it left. Over on the far left-hand side, ball into the Millwall box, it's bobbling around and Jordan Archer takes safely. He's a reassuring sight in that Millwall goal. The frazzled figure, the nervous breakdown figure of David Fall being consigned to the bench today, listeners. So here comes Gregory, collecting from a poor kick-out by the Paul Vale goalkeeper. He plays it wide, this is Wallace. Nice cross into the box. He's a good boy, this Joe Wallace. It might sound like he's a governor of the southern states of America, Alabama, or some such. He's a very fast and quick winner. I don't know how long we'll keep him for. Not very long by the sight of him, because he looks like a quality term. Seven minutes gone. Cummings, coming, coming is coming down the right-hand side. I'm sure you can put your own double entendre on that. I won't bother, listeners. Abdu sprays it back across the park, finds Mark Beavers now. Long ball falls from Beavers. He's searching out Steve Morrison, but that's going to go nowhere. Something deeply unearthly about Sunday afternoon football for me, listeners. I know that um, it's been going now since that first, very first Sunday match back in the early 1970s at the Den, Mill versus Fulham. I was there that day for reasons that escaped me. It was, a, it was an 11:30 a.m. kickoff, 1974, I believe, during the minor strike, and football was having to play unorthodox un hours to uh, unorthodox days to avoid the um, cost of floodlighting because there was electricity cutbacks at the time, power cuts. And we kicked off at 11.30am, becoming the first ever club in this country to uh, play on a Sunday. Which I think was a 1-0 win for Millwall, if I remember right. But I remember it feeling very odd of going to the game, even back then on a Sunday morning. Uh, everything was shut back in those days. Not so much of so that now, but it still feels slightly odd experience to come out on a Sunday coming to Millwall. I don't think I'll ever escape the sense of strangeness of Sunday football. Paul Vale on the attack, pass the ball around just outside the mill penalty area. This is normally a sense of impending doom whenever the away team does this, listeners, of course. As it is, that dribbles out for a throw-in near the halfway line, for, still for Paul Vale. Or Burslem Port Vale, I think they were known as Burslem Port Vale when they were originally formed in the, in the town of Burslem, which sounds like the, the most boring place on earth, but it may be exciting, I don't know. Burslem Port Vale. Robbie Williams, of course, is their most famous fan. New attack here. Steve Morrison coming down the right-hand side. Ball in the box of Morrison. Too close to the goalkeeper in his lime green outfits. Nice move, though. 12 minutes gone. Wallace deep cross into the box. Here's Gregory. 1-0! Gregory! What a player! 
I always loved him. 13 minutes gone, Mill 1. Port Vale nil, deep cross from Jed Wallace. Nice headed finish from close range by Lee Gregory. Take it away, Mr. Bucknell. What a player. I've been slagging him off all game. He goes and gets the opening goal, but I don't mind. I don't mind having that ran back down my throat by Lee Gregory. 1-0 Millwall. There we are. That's the bipolar nature of football, isn't it? You follow football, you slag a player off, and then he gets a goal. Um, what can we say about Thursday night's performance? Probably best put in the past, and let's dwell on that goal. Very well taken, in all fairness. It was a deep cross from Jed Wallace from the right-hand side. Caught on the, not exactly a diving header, but certainly caught mid-air by Lee Gregory. Nodded back from whence it came into the far right-hand side of the goal. So, nice start for Lions, 1-0. Williams, slower thought there. Allows uh, Port Vale to get through. That's almost the equaliser. Fantastic save by Jewel Narsha from close range. He tipped it wide initially. Paul Vale forward on the left-hand side, follows in, shoots from close range, tight angle, pushed away by Jordan Archer, quality, quality goalkeeper, 15 minutes gone, Paul Vale still on the attack, we'll just stay with it, ball into the box, deep, 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 that's going to go nowhere, sloppy play by Morrison, gives it straight back to Paul Vale as the 16th minute approaches, Paul Vale back on the attack again now, played wide, number two on the right-hand side is the 18, they have a, a curious black and yellow striped kit with white numbers makes it quite hard to detect which numbers it is not that we give a shit particularly which kit number it is but I like to keep you informed it's number 8 I think it is now on the right hand side flips it back inside they're looking at the 16 now into the box hoisted over the bar no danger there 16 and a half minutes gone and that went into the uh, top rows of the Colbro lane stand thankfully Abdu on the volley from just outside the penalty area. Nice little one-two with Steve Morrison. Jimmy Abdu volley from outside the D would be a miracle goal if he got anywhere on target. But um, as it was, it was well wide. 17 coming up towards 18 minutes gone. Mill maintaining this reliance on the Route 1 long ball style. Um, it's working today so far at least. Didn't work very well on Thursday night against Oxford, who were, uh, of course, a more passing style of side. They contained us quite nicely. But that said, we did miss a succession of chances. And we... Uh, can't afford to do that, can we, listeners? Who says Mill support is not hard? Blokes just walk past me with a number six uh, polo shirt on his T-shirt. <laughs> I'm sitting here in three layers and, a, and my, my uh, barber jacket on. He's walked past in a T-shirt. Who says we're not tough? Bloke in the polo shirt just walked back upstairs. He must be freezing. I'm sitting here with my cloth cap on. My long johns. I think all you ladies out there that are interested in my sartorial turnout. Long johns. And he's walked past in a polo shirt, bloody hell. I'm trying to develop a female fan base, incidentally, listeners, so um, maybe if I keep the, the ladies updated on my turnout each game, that might help generate, um, you know, a female following. Well, that's what David Beckham did, metrosexual. I think I might try and go down the same route. Paul Vale now, just outside Mill Penalty area, tucks inside central. This is the 17, he's run it wide right. There's the, uh, the 18, I think it is. He's jinking, trying to turn the Mill defence. They're going to win a corner out of that. It's going to be a Port Vale corner as the 21st minute approaches the 22nd. 1-0 still to Millwall. Deep cross, in it comes. It's bouncing around. Millwall def defenders clear it after a fashion. Port Vale recover. They're going to get another chance to cross it in here, I think. It's going to be pumped back in there. No. Delay, delay. The 11 from distance. Will he have a shot? 
tries to work a little bit of space. They're working it around nicely. Mill defenders holding their ground. They pass the ball around quite nicely. Well, I thought they might be pumping it into the box. They're actually taking a moment to try and pick the pass. Something we tend not to do so much of. As it is, they win another corner. 22 minutes. All bouncing around. That's volleyed wide, actually. It's gone, it's gone off for a throw-in. It's gone for a throw-in in the end. How about that? There was a volley. I think it was supposed to be an effort on goal. It's gone for a throw-in. So a mill free kick now. It's going to be pumped forward by Wallace. Finds O'Brien inside the box. Ball bouncing around and cleared. It falls to Williams. It's with Ferguson. Ferguson does lovely work. We're trying to sign Shane Ferguson, of course. Had his loan extended to the 23rd of January. Mill have made uh, continuing efforts, according to the news at them, which sounds a bit like we're upping our bid by about a tenner a time try, until the point is reached where they will let us have him. He's probably holding out for a championship-level club, so that's going to be a game of poker to be played there. Good player, though, Shane Ferguson. Be a good addition if we can sign him permanently, in my humble opinion. 24th minute of the game, Mill corner, Mill pressing forwards the last couple of minutes. Get the ball wider than we did a lot of the game against Oxford. Incidentally, I never made it down there. My, my record on not coming to Johnston's paint trophy games continues as it ever has. I still, the only one I've ever been to, I suppose, would be the equivalent of the uh, competition back in 99, the AWS final. Um, I was going to come down Thursday night. I'm just going to stay with this corner. It's pumped in. Bouncing around. With, um, Morrison commits the foul in there. So, yeah, I was going to come down there, but I had a work meeting that went on till. Uh, seven could have busted a gut if I'm going to be really honest. I can be honest with you, listeners. You're my friends, aren't you? Could have busted a gut to get down here, but hadn't eaten all day. So the straight choice was go home, sit in the warm, have a nice bit of food, wash it on the telly, or bust a gut, sit down there starving, hungry, maybe eat some shitty old hot dog from the uh, the den catering, and watch us get beat in the freezing cold too, no, rather than sitting at home in the warm. I thought it was going to be a no-brainer. I don't know where you stand on the issue, and I apologise to you if you think that my real war credentials are tarnished as a result of that. But it's a confessional show, and um, there it is. I've confessed. confessed my sins to you. My Millwall sins. So 27 minutes, long pump forwards from a free kick inside the Portvale half. Forwards attacking the middle end, and the Millwall defence will head it away like a head tennis. Do they still do that in uh, training routines, head tennis? It's always the kind of stuff of um, Royal Rovers comments, isn't it? You do spend your time heading the ball and not letting it touch the gun. They must do stuff like that. I hope they would do, do stuff like that. It gives you a feeling for heading the ball, so it's part and parcel of the game. So I'm hoping that we do do head tennis. Morrison does well, wins the ball just on the, on the right-hand side of the Portvale penalty area. While he's trying to beat his man, just can't win the corner. There's going to win a throw-in instead. 28th minute, new on the attack. It's Sean Cummins now with the throw-in. His options are Wallace and Abdu. He chooses Wallace, which is probably the percentage choice there. Certainly in terms of danger. That was a beautiful one too. Really, really threatening player down that right-hand side for us, Jed Wallace today, listeners. Um, a lone player. Whether we can retain him or keep him, I don't know. But he's another one like Shane Ferguson that gives us real wit, something that we've lacked, that we would, we would lack otherwise without them in our squad. So it's going to be a Millwall corner. So my message to the club is to bust every gut that we can to get hold of uh, both of them on a longer deal, even to the end of the season. That would be a fantastic coup if we could pull that off. Long corner goes nowhere. Incidentally, whilst I'm bunnying. Millwall pressing very high on Port Vale this afternoon. So 30 minutes passes. The, the Port Vale 6 is going to take a free kick just on the halfway line, right-hand side, pump forwards, aiming for their forwards. It's just headed clear by Mark Beavers quite casually and comfortably. 
but then conceded quite casually and comfortably back to them. Here comes Shane Williams. Finds Steve Morrison now coming down the centre. Tripped. That's going to be a free kick from the 11 and a yellow card, I wager. It certainly is. Deliberately tripped as Morrison went past him there. The blackguard concedes a free kick from about halfway inside the Port Vale half. It's just left of centre. Well, Neil Harris was on the official site asking for a bounce back, some kind of response to that poor performance last week on Thursday night. And so far, in all fairness, he's got it. The, the, the team look a lot brighter. Um, they're playing a team that are not as um, skillful on the ball as Oxford, in my opinion. And also our long uh, route one tactics have paid off with the early goal. So at the moment, that bounce back is good. That bounce back is good, listeners. It's Cummings on the right-hand side. He finds, comes inside and finds Williams. Much maligned Williams by many, me included. So far today, not been too bad. Not been too bad. Damned by faint praise there. He's not been too bad. Lovely glancing header there from Steve Morrison. It's Gregory again. It's going to be a penalty. Lee Gregory tripped inside the Port Vale box. I thought he skidded for a moment. It's been given as a penalty. Clearly taken by the Port Vale defender. 32 minutes, mill penalty now. Crowd want him off. It's going to be harsh to send him off for that. Plus, in my experience, when we go down to 10 men, attacking 10 men, we rarely exploit it. I think he's, the referee's judging the penalty to be punishment enough, which I think, on balance, is a fair call. Fair call, listeners. But Lee Gregory's shaping up to take now. 33 minutes on the, on the digi-counter of the Jumbotron. At the targeted-up Jumbotron, here comes Lee Gregory. 2-0, listeners! Bottom left. Nicely done. 33 minutes, Lee Gregory on two goals now. He'll lead it by 2-0. to zero. Nicely taking penalty, in all fairness. Lee Gregory certainly bouncing back and ramming the words of criticism from many on the net back down there, folks. And I'm going to include myself, though. Hands up. He's showing me the way to go home. Let's have a look at it again. The replay nicely blasted low and left. Steve Morrison. He's having a lot of joy in the air with these little flick-ons trying to find Lee Gregory today. It's a day where Route 1 is, is um, showing benefits. Doesn't always, does it? But today it is, so today we love it. Here come Paul Valdo. There's still no slouches. They're pulling the ball right here. They've, they've got us in, not in trouble, but they've certainly passed the ball around well outside our penalty area earlier on in the game. Not seen much of that for a few minutes now, but they're on the attack as I speak. Here's the two on the right-hand side. Down by the corner flag. He's going to Win a corner. Going to win a corner. 36 minutes on the clock. Number 11 now puts the ball across the Port Vale box. That's beautifully taken by Jordan Archer with confidence, with authority, I think, as they say in American basketball. We took that ball with authority. 37 minutes. And that little glimmer of a song there is the Jordan Archer song. The first time you heard it, listeners. Exclusive to Achtung Millwall, number one Millwall podcast. Wallace now brings it away. 39 minutes, Wallace come down the right, it's a real threat, Wallace, he's got speed, and he's got, he knows where the goal is, he's put a long ball in towards Steve Morris, who wins the ball quite nicely, he's having a lot of pay dirt today, Abdu following in there, and it's been played out for corner, 39 minutes, 40 minute approaches. Lots of interchange passing from Port Vale, no, no real threat so far, I know I'm tempting fate as we come towards the last couple of minutes of the first half. A lot of possession, but nothing really threatening on the middle goal. And, and, and Jordan Archer has looked comfortable whenever the ball's been put into the box. Here comes Wallace down the right-hand side. Ball across the box. No one in the mix. 
opportunity knocks there but no real striker in the box as that ball ran across the line of the six yard box 43 minutes what I've liked in this half of football for Mills, we've been winning the ball well on the halfway line midfield. We've been winning the little tackles on pressing their defence up high, as I've said a few times. And we've actually won the ball a lot. They've not had much time on the ball in their own half. Ball into the box. On the right, as well as towards Gregory. His uh, ball's taken off his heels. It's Sean Cummins now. What can he do? Cummins on the right-hand side. He plays it back to Wallace as we approach the 44th minute. That ball's going to be in the box there, Morrison. Taking it almost off the hands of the, of the goalkeeper. It's back to, in front of goal now. Morrison 3-0, the ball hung around inside that Paul penalty area for ages it seems, backwards and forwards, in the end it falls to Steve Morrison on the six yard line, who slammed it under 3-0, game over, well it should be now shouldn't it, 44 minutes. bouncing around in the Japan replay ball bouncing up and down in the six yard box of Paul Vale before falling to the grateful feet of Steve Morris who slammed it over 3-0 well today's not going to be a day to moan about the direction of one dimensional football we've been playing this is it that one dimensional football has actually won us a 3-0 lead at half time today so I'd better not moan Cold blow lane then calling it Super Neil Harris on, online, the online comment in the week. Always oh, a ball across, shot across the mill box there. About a minute into the uh, extra time of the first half. Yeah, huge debate online after Thursday night's debacle about Neil Harris. Is he good enough? Does he have the cajones, the, the X Factor, the uh, the mojo, whatever way you want to put it, to be a, a manager? Many calling for him to have some kind of older head, which isn't a sexual practice, but someone like um, Steve. Oh, there's a headed ball wide there. Another moment switch off by the Mill defence. That was a, a corner in and headed wide by the Paul Vale defence. Um, some kind of older head um, to um, advise him. I, I don't know who that older head would be. That was not very far away. I'm just watching the replay on the, uh, 45 minutes um, into the extra time, overtime as I always call it. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, he's, he, certainly we had our limitations on Thursday night, and in all fairness, we've had our limitations today. But today, it's put three goals past a fairly poor Port Vale side, and on Thursday night, we look like the um, the League Two side playing the League One side. So um, go figure, go figure, listeners. I don't know. There is half time, three 0 how, how long since we've been able to say that? I can't think of the last time we've closed out the half. Three goals to the good, but there it is. Millwall three. Port Vale nil. We've played well and hopefully we'll continue to press in the same way in the second half as we could do with a big win. We'll be right back. Achtung, Milball. A few tweets here for you listeners in at half time. Connor, the boy, says he was talking about Gregory Neville scoring a proper goal and he goes and does that. What a goal, he says. I, mean, I think he means the opening headed goal. And it was nicely taken, in all fairness, Connor. Jay, who I don't think is a fan, says a penalty mate, question mark, stop talking shit. Harsh, harsh, Jay. It's a strange tweet. I think it's to do with Jeremy Corbyn's interview on the Andrew Marr show earlier on today. Now, we don't often do politics on this show, but the silly fellow has gone on to on the telly saying how talking to uh, he wants to talk to ISIS in the Far East. Now, how you do that, fuck knows. Um, but he refers to be able to talk to them about their strong points. And I think this is a joke on his, uh, his expense, because what strong points ISIS have is way beyond me. Um, Mark Lewis says, uh, I think trying to find some ISIS strong points, you can have no one liking you, but aren't necessarily supporting me. Wall. Ho, 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 Mark Lewis, lawyer. What a cunt you must be. 
but not as big a cunt as Jeremy Corbyn, perhaps, for coming up with that silly talk. A little bit of politics there. I may have alienated half my support there. I don't know. I don't care. I just want a Labour Party that can be electable. That's all I'm asking for, listeners. Anyway, back to the football. Um, Jamie says, Mill have scored three goals, which is more than they normally have at this point. And is, this is good, he says. Hashtag punditry. Very good punditry, Jamie. Charlie Richardson does a huge, great, long meal. Gregory and a map um, of South East London with MFC marked on it, like a uh, like a like a, a cartoon-style map of South East London with the MFC and a lion in the middle of it. So thank you, Charlie. Oliver Weiss says three 0 up, but yet strangely low key. Hmm. It's true. Um, Paul Vale have been poor, Oliver. That's for sure. Um, Mill have made the most of the uh, of the day so far. Very route one still, very direct. Wallace looks a quality turn going down the right hand side, and so does Shane Ferguson. Without those two players, we would look very drab and one dimensional, as we've said a few times. Uh, Jezebel James, I oh know um, Paul. Uh, tweeting Jezebel Jane says EIO 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 Johnny Suntan great Johnny Suntan says Cummings and Wallace linking up well O'Brien looks as if he had too many Yorkshire puddings way too lethargic bring on Upson he says Connor back up to Connor again he says he's never ever doubted Gregory Morrison those of you did should be ashamed of yourselves I think a hint of sarcasm there from Connor wonderfully named Cockpiss Millwall says oh I should have been I've been a total fool says Cockpiss Millwall oddly uh, poetic way to put it given his uh, lead name oh I've been a total fool I should be at the den braving the cold watching us destroy mighty Port Vale exclamation mark that really is how match day fans feel not sure where that goes Cockpiss but still John Kelly from News at Den says he has a pretty straightforward analysis for all you listeners. Uh, Mill almost totally dominant and deserved that lead. Perfect response to Thursday. I agree with that, John. One um, tweet he did make earlier on, him, which amused me no end, was he reported the return of Jordan Archer into, in the Mill goal at the lineup uh, announcement and got cunted off for it. And he's saying he's just the messenger, and still, but people still call him a CUNT. Uh, that's Mill for you, sadly, John. But there we are. We love it, don't we? David Moss makes a good point. Um, wow, to be fair, it's been a long time since we had three strikers going past 10 goals by January, and that's a good point. Morrison, O'Brien and Gregory all past 10 goal mark. That's, I can't think of the last time. We're going back to the promotion here. I know um, Paul Moody and um, uh, Neil Harris, of course, that season. The Cahill must have been up there as well. Not often happened. I can't think of many occasions. So maybe you can, listeners. Let me know, and I'll read out your message on next week's show. If you can think of the last time, other than the two 2001 promotion season we had three strikers on 10 goals or more by January I can't think of it if you can you're a better man or woman than me Bermondsey boy says you lot sat at home in the wall must be gutted 3-0 up and you're missing Robbie Williams doing the half time entertainment I don't know where he is he's not here uh, Bermondsey boy Achtung Mailball so some Millwall news from in the week. Alfie Pavey on loan at Aldershot Town scored the first goal of his um, loan spell. In a, came in a 3-1 win over Chester City um, last week. Unfortunately, I've put some notes on my phone list, and this is how, this is how professional this show is. Um, really give it a big announcement. Mill Lone Watch, Alfie Pavey gets his first senior goal, just about Reed Chester, so I can't tell you when it happened, though, so it must have been last week sometime. I apologise, what do you want from me? Jed Wallace speaking to News at Den in the week. It turned on a good performance in that first half, and he said he turned down other clubs for on loan to go out on loan because Mill stood out. 
Um, he said he ignored interest from a number of other clubs to choose us for his loan spell. And so far, so good. He made a goal down at Oldham last week. Fantastic early run to win that chance. And he's done brilliantly well today. Every time he's gone down the right side and every cross he's put in has looked dangerous. Fantastic player. If we can get hold of him for longer, that will be to our benefit. Believe me, listeners. New deal for Aidan O'Brien. Signed a new deal in the week to uh, June 2019. Um, cynics amongst us say that just means that we can extract a decent price from him at the end of this season. And maybe that's so, but that's business. That's what we want from our club. Um, he signed a contract, take, holds him here till the year 20, uh, 2019. I guess a huge amount might depend on whether we get promoted this season. Did I just really say that, whether we get promoted or not this season? But anyway, uh, Aidan O'Brien, good to have you till 2019, mate, or till the end of the season, more probably in the huge sum of money instead. Shane Ferguson extended his loan for a couple of weeks. Uh, said it during the, the coverage earlier on. He's, he's here to the 23rd of January now. Really hope we can keep holding because the combination of Wallace and Ferguson attacking down both sides gives us real clout going forward. Achtung, Milbal. So both teams are out for the second half. We will be attacking a cold blow lane end and away we go. Three goals that are good. Nice comfy feeling. Hands starting to get numb now, listeners, as I keep my microphone in my hand, my tool in my hand. It's getting a bit cold. Ball punted forwards dangerously there from the mill defence. So, Jill Narch, a huge punt forwards. Searching out um, Steve Morrison, Aidan O'Brien, excuse me. Referee blows for some kind of offence far, far away from where I'm standing. The Jumbotron has been masked somewhat by a blue um, sheeting um, with the Mill Twitter feed, at Mill FC, and the Twitter symbol on it. Um, it, it looks a bit better for it now, because it previously it stood out like a, I think I compared it with a, a, a tooth left in a, an elderly man's head, where he's got one tooth left, and that's what it looked like in its previous slightly off uh, skew with fixing, but now they've got this shooting around it. It looks a lot better for it, so well done to the club for organising. I think they organised it for the TV coverage last Thursday night. It looks a lot better for it, I've got to say. Even if it does look a little bit like it's held together with sellotape, it's a big, big improvement, believe you me. Nice tackle on the halfway line by Aidan O'Brien. Excuse me, I'm eating a, an Eat Natural yoghurt bar with nuts in it. Um, and as an incident happens, I want to report it rather than eat my bar. But I've just been impressed by the, the tackling from the forward line back through midfield and we've, we've, like I said a few times we've pressed them very high and it's, we've actually dispossessed them a good few times Aidan O'Brien done well there and actually won a free kick out of the challenge so the ball punted forward it's going to be run clear from Port Vale but we've done very well on that front in that first half of football Mill still pressing well Port Vale searching for something out of the game at the moment they're not having much joy against the Mill defence it's actually held them at bay quite well in all fairness to it still hitting it long and hard, that was Bonner and Webster hitting it long out defence, it's going to go for a Port Vale throw, 51 minutes gone, we are quite comfortable at the moment at 3-0, I think if we can get for the next 10 to 15 minutes, that's all the same margin then there'll be a chance for us to press on and put maybe a couple more past them in this game, at the moment it looked very comfy at Millwall. Lee Gregory spent a huge amount of time in this game with his back to goal but being, um, being pressed from behind so to speak, <laughs> I think it's any fair assessment of him as a striker I mean obviously the easy thing to focus on is his finishing or lack of, that said he's, um, he's our top scorer for the season so far 
I also think you need to mention the amount of work that he does. He's, he's a strong boy. He's, he's under a lot of pressure, always with his back to goal, holding the ball up well. And that's an aspect of his game that doesn't often get mentioned. It's easy to focus on the missed chances. We, we've all know, watched the game last Thursday. He put through one-on-one. But today he's, he's actually done well finishing-wise. And he's done the work part too. So he's not an easy striker to categorise. I know he has his critics, and there'll be many that probably latch on to this comment. On, on Twitter, but I, I think any fair assessment of him has to take into account the amount of work that he does for others on, on you know, his colleagues on the forward line. In all probability, that's one of the major factors why he keeps getting picked, because um, finishing-wise, he, he, he clearly does lack a certain something. 54 minutes, Paul Vale making a double substitution, trying to search for something to uh, change it for them. At the moment, this game is drifting beyond them. They've not threatened much in the second half whatsoever. And if anything, it's looking like that's the repeat of the first half performance. So um, these two players are coming in now, I guess, to try and do something, mix it up, change it in some way, just provide some spark to get them back into it. Cold digging in for the afternoon now, listeners. The sun is what well, sun there was has dropped. It's getting grey and dark and it's getting cold. Here's the Paul Vale winger, 20, down in front of me. Back towards the 18 now. Just outside the middle box, the 17. What can he do? He shoots high and wide. It was Aussie rules football, it had gone through the two wider outside posts. What does that give you? A point, I believe. Only all you Australasian listeners have to correct me, I'm not up on my Aussie rules. I believe the middle two give you six, and the outer point, the posts give you one, I don't know, but he would have got a good one there. Nice ball wide right to Shane Ferguson, Lee Gregory, the player again. It's been Legory, uh, <laughs> Gregory's day so far. I think um, Wallace has done well for us, down the wing, but Gregory, in all fairness, has been man of the match for me. People won't like it when I say that on the, on the air, but that's what I'm going to say. So far, 58, 56 minutes, Lee Gregory with two goals and a lot of hard work has been my man of the match. Here come Paul Vale. Played the ball out wide left, wide right, sorry, as I look. Milka just recognising that this is a bit of a critical period in the game. I mean, if we can keep them out for the next few minutes, their hopes will fade. If they can get a goal back, then it might look a little bit different. Trying to play the ball around on the edge of the middle penalty area. It's the 17 for Central. He's got Jimmy Abdu in front of him. They work a little bit of space now. Can they get a shot on goal? Man's twisting and turning. Back to the 17. His shot is blocked. Thought he was going to get one through there, listeners. As it is, straight back to the yellow and black stripes of Port Vale. A little bit of pressure. 59 minutes approaches. Back to over the right. A little bit of possession here for Port Vale. For Jimmy Abdu now. It's on the, on the 20 now on the right-hand side. Ferguson heads it clear after a fashion it falls to the Paul Vale winger and will bring it clear it's Steve Morrison chance to break long ball forwards set Lee Gregory a job there he can't win that one they need to be a greyhound to get hold of that one listeners good atmosphere in the den now sparse crowd but good atmosphere only at Millwall Paul Vale pressing forward a little bit of purpose just a little bit of a worry at the moment just got to keep them out listeners Crowd sense that as well. That's why they get involved in the game as the 60th minute turns. Here's the three over on the left hand side. Can he beat Cummins? Cummins dispossesses him but concedes the free kick. Cummins not happy. I called him something, I think in a Jamaican dialect. So as it is, Paul Vale win a free kick left hand side. It's going to be the eight that takes. Chance them to cross the ball into the box. A little bit of a pressure situation for the last few minutes of Millwall. We've got to keep our composure and keep them out. Still three goals for the good. So three one will look a little bit different if we can see this. So here comes the eight. Ball into the box. It's a goal. 
Powell across into the box. Taken close range by the 15. 3-1, as I've just predicted, listeners. Jeez. And the substitutes, actually. That's an example of substitutes coming in, changing the game. And the substitute took that ball quite well. Angled power cross into the middle near post. And the uh, 15 was in front of it to tap it home. Half an hour for Mill to keep them out. Mill substitution. Ed Upson's coming in. Who's coming out? Jed Wallace is coming out. Ed Upson's coming in. 62nd minute of the game. Good performance by Jed Wallace. I think he's still trying to search for some match fitness. I think that's why he's out on loan, trying to get his legs back. Um, he's done very well for us today, in my opinion. Replaced by Ed Upson for the remaining 28 minutes of the game. 64th minute, and here's the 27 on the heart, just outside the middle box. He clatters Mark Beavers. He goes down, wins the free kick, takes away the steam. The 15 says he's come on, he's looked dangerous, he's done a little faint and move there, falls now to the 20. That's going to be a mill, uh, a corner, it's going to be a ball valve corner in the 67 minutes. Beavers nearly clearing, but uh, overhead, it would have been acrobatic if he'd have done it. As it is, it's going to be a pull valve corner. Yeah, the 15 since he's coming, I think he's the man who got the goal. He's looked quite dangerous. He's brought a little touch of pace, a little touch of pep to a pull valve, so it looked quite sluggish at times. That's going to be, ooh, nearly fell straight to a free header there for the 15 from the corner. It's going to be another one on the far right-hand side now. Mill just under a little bit of pressure at the moment. Got to keep him out. So in comes the second... Paul Val corner in succession, that's deep, Archer takes, does well. Aiden O'Brien now, a little bit of break of movement, O'Brien into the box, what can he do? He finds, was it Upson? Upson's shot was pansy! I thought that O'Brien might have taken it on himself, he played it wide unselfishly, left to Upson, who's in space, couldn't get any power behind his shot, he's on the floor, put behind by the Paul Val goalkeeper from Mill Corner. 69 minutes approach. Nice work again by Steve Morrison, back to goal, under pressure, being clattered from behind, there's a little word with the, uh, his nemesis, the uh, number eight, I think, for Paul Vale. Stood his ground well, won the free kick, just buys a little bit of time, takes out another few seconds of the game. We're still leading 3-1. I suppose Paul Vale will say they haven't really pushed on from the goal in a way they would have liked. They feel a lot more comfortable with about seven minutes, eight minutes more of this game gone, but at the moment, Mills just contain them quite nicely. Abdul does fantastic. How did he do that? He was cl- he was all over the place there, and somehow managed to fall on the floor and come away with a ball. I don't know how he did it. Fantastic work by Jimmy Abdul. Whatever you get, you get commitment. You don't, might not get the most um, the, the much enough finesse at times, but you do get commitment from Jimmy Abdul. We've said it a million times on this show. He is the ultimate committed midfielder for Millwall. He's a Millwall player through and through. Paul Val coming out. It's a little bit in waves at the moment. Mill just holding on for grim death. 15 minutes of the game to go, 75 minutes. Ball into the box again from Port Vale. This is Sean Cummins, heads it clear. Jimmy Abdul will get a chance to take and punt it clear. Straight back to Port Vale's possession over a little bit. Sitting deep a little bit, we're just giving them the ball and they're coming at us at the moment. We don't want to concede a second goal here, listeners. 76 minutes, the crowd sense that this is another critical part of the game, another critical phase of the game. Morrison gets clattered. Inside the middle half, and we're on the break, is, is Sean, Shane Williams trying to find Gregory overlapping in there. Upson overlapping, overlapping in there. Apologies. They both look very similar. And my eyes aren't what they were. John Marquis warming up down in front of us. Got a nice shout of encouragement from the crowd there. Genuine one, not piss-takey one. Forgive any breakdown in commentary, listeners. The cold is starting to... Um, sink in a little bit like Captain Scott I'm reminded of Captain Scott in the Antarctic now in the last days he's trying to eat um, tinned marmalade he's probably at the horses 
And he's trying to write his diary because he knows he hasn't got long to go. That's how I'm feeling right now. It's getting cold. As it is going to be a middle corner on the right-hand side now. This is Williams. Digs it in deep. It's Morrison on the line. That's going to go for another corner. Must have been come off the Paul Vale defender there because Morrison was almost under the crossbar. They must have gone for another deflected away. So it's going to be another middle corner. Paul Vale on the break now. Done well. Williams done well there. I've, I've, I've slated him. I've knocked him a little bit. He's done well this, this second half. Just took the ball off the um, oncoming Port Vale midfield there. Here come the Lions. Here comes Williams. The game is stretching a little bit now. Port Vale starting to look a little bit tired. He just puts it over the top. Can Gregory go through? Can't take it. It's also Brian. As of the penalty area, O'Brien puts it back across the box. Morrison shoots and volleys over the bar. 82 and a half. Gone. Opportunity there for Mill to settle it once and for all. Paul Vale's pass in the last few minutes as we approach the 84th minute has broken down somewhat. For much of the game, they've looked like quite a decent passing side. They've certainly pulled us apart at times in this second half particularly. Um, as I said earlier on, they haven't really pushed on from getting the goal. I thought they would come at us more. They haven't really done that, thankfully, from the Mill perspective. And as the game starts to inch down to the last six minutes now of regular time, they're just starting to look a little bit ragged. It's going to be a Mill substitution. Gregory's coming out. Fred's coming in. Lee Gregory, done very, very well for us today. Listeners, he's a man that takes a slagging online. Um, scored two goals today. Done a huge amount of work. Has been in the mix throughout the whole game. Deserves his applause. I think he's done very well. I might even name him my man of the match. How about that? I will. Fuck it. My show, my rules, my gaff. Lee Gregory, man of the match. So Fred's into the game with um, four minutes to uh, of regular time plus any injury time. Messes with your routine Sunday afternoon football, doesn't it? It's quite an odd feeling because it normally feels like Saturday afternoon at five o'clock. It's actually Sunday. We're all back at work tomorrow morning. So it's quite an odd feeling as the uh, afternoon progresses down to its last two minutes. John Marquis is coming into the game. Aidan O'Brien done a good shift today. Getting good applause. O'Brien's coming out and Marquis is coming in. Port Vale breaking now as we come to the 90th minute. Ball's play forward. It's a 15. Archer's going to go. He was offside anyway. But Archer went, took the decision and went and took the ball well in the end at the feet of the 15. Three minutes of extra time to go. They must have counted like Albert RN. I don't know if you remember the Albert RN. The younger listeners will know what I'm talking about, but... I think Mill sometimes employ the Albert RN method of crowd accounting where uh, mannequins and dummies are brought in dressed in our wrong Navy uniform. Albert RN, old war film. You have to watch it. You have to, you're going to have to watch it. I can't explain the plot to you now. It's three minutes of extra time to go and John Marquis has just run it out for a corner. Very nicely done by John Marquis. Mill corner. As we approach the end of the first minute of overtime, we'll take it short. Marquis... In. I probably should have just punted into the middle and had a go getting a goal. But anyway, it's gone out for a goal kick as it is. Oh, I'm going to have to explain it. Albert RNT, I know I am. German prisoner of war camp. In brief, escape plan is hatched. Someone finds a tailor's dummy, dresses it as in Royal Naval uniform so that when the escape takes place, the Germans do not necessarily know as they count you in and out each day. They carry the mannequin past the Germans dressed in Royal Naval uniform. They, they buy valuable time for the Allied escapees to get away. And it takes the Germans some time to clock that actually Albert RN is a mannequin. They must have been really stupid, those Germans, mustn't they? Those German guards. Let's go for that. Anyway, that's the plot of Albert RN.
dummies being brought into the den. That's what I mean, listeners. People that don't exist being counted as being here when they aren't. Here comes Fred. Down the right-hand side, he's got Morrison overlapping him on the right-hand side. No one in the middle at the moment. Morrison's going to run it into the corner. Finds Fred inside. What can Fred do? A little bit of Fred Magic. I'll just say that. A little bit of Fred Magic. Fred Magic runs out again. He trips up, basically. Two minutes going into the last minute of the game. We've actually done very well to control the game out. As I say, when, when Paul Vale scored, there was a strong hint they were going to press forwards and get something out of it. And um, as it is, nothing came of it. And that, that's down to Mills, Mills' credit. To Mills' credit in my book. Marcus is a committed player. You got to, you cannot. Um, you might knock his skill level. He's won as a corner by sheer commitment. He's won as a corner. I take my hat off to John Marquis. The way he's been um, treated by the club at times, the toing and throwing. His career has been put on hold for the sake of the football club, and this is his own decision. Don't get me wrong, but his sheer commitment there, bloody mindedness to get stuck in as one as a corner. They probably see the clock out now that should be the third minute going past um, Morrison's going for a Sunday afternoon stroll down towards the ball to take it Fred's with him probably take it short and that should do us I reckon there he is final whistle full time Mill 3 Paul Vale won a very welcome win a good win for the Millwall um, strong first half go 3-0 up we slightly um, went into um, second gear slightly at times in the second half when Paul Vale scored we had to up our game a little bit and we certainly did control the game out nicely um, mentions and dispatches for Jordan Archer done well Jordan Archer done well Byron Webster in central defence Lee Gregor as I've said is my man of the match also want to mention Steve Morrison who stood his ground well and did the older statesman role that we've come to know and love from him so there we are three goals to one very welcome win that will take us up the, the league table this has been Afton Mill my name is Nick Hart you know what you're listening to I shall be back again next week when we're away at Chesterfield see you then When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. 
code PROGRAM. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin. While the Glow and Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM.